Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and welcome to another episode of Grow Grow Your Influence Tree. Today we have Todd Fennell with us on the show, and he's an actor, influencer, and screenwriter. Um, He started his work off on shows like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of of the Dark as a child, and more recently he's been uh, the voice actor in some popular games like Assassin's Creed and movies like Spiderwick Chronicles, and he's done some amazing brand campaigns as well, but before I get into any of that uh todd would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself yes hi hi leonard thanks so much for having me on today i really appreciate it of course anytime cool um uh yeah yeah. go go ahead yeah so um yeah i think you pretty much had it covered thanks for the great introduction as well yeah (laughs) Oh, no problem. So um, I know that you've kind of gone out there and created a pretty successful career for you, kind of in the uh, acting and influencer and voice acting and screenwriting world. Um, This all started at a young age for you, especially since you were on shows like Goosebumps and whatnot. Is this something that your parents kind of pushed you into, or is this something that you wanted to do as a young age? Uh, Yeah, a a little bit of both. It was... um my parents both uh, were professional dancers and choreographers. So, uh, like, and I grew up in a dance school, and, and uh, my father was always choreographing actors. And so the world was kind of accessible to me, and it, it didn't seem uh, like a crazy dream to, to, to be an actor. Uh, and when I was a kid, I would memorize movies and, and run around the basement and do all the different characters. And so... Uh, for my mom, it was just kind of normal. She just kind of went, okay, he, he, do you, he likes acting, you know, do you want to uh, take acting classes? And I said, yes. And then one thing led to another. And I, I went to a few, you know, big auditions for cartoon uh, commercials and, and movies and started booking little roles and turned into bigger roles. And then it kind of just, the career kind of grew organically from there. And uh, mm. a few, a few times along the way, I kind of, um, you know, explored other options but I always, like, whenever I said, oh, you know, I think this is it, I would get another role in something and, and get right back into it. So it's, nice. uh, yeah, I, I love this industry. So That's kind of awesome, especially to have so much support from your parents. Um, did you grow up in Canada? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, I grew up in, uh, in Montreal, in Quebec. Oh, nice. So there was a children's theater there, and I, I did that children's theater program, and, uh, uh, what's nice is Montreal is uh, is a destination for a lot of uh, big Hollywood movies, and they shoot here. So we get it. We got a chance to. Um, I myself got a chance to audition for a lot of those and and land some roles in those big American productions that would shoot up here. Um, so that's that's kind of nice too. Yeah, that's kind of awesome that you were kind of in a hub where there's a lot of entertainment that was going on, and you didn't have to like trek all the way down to Los Angeles to kind of make things happen. Uh, do you think that um, your parents being in dance studios and having a lot of actors as clients kind of made it a little bit easier for you to kind of get into the path of the uh, world that you're in now because of their uh, networks that they had? Uh, I I guess somewhat, but. They they were in different circles. So like the dance community is is a is a different world in and of itself. I think what helped what helped more was the fact that for them it wasn't it wasn't something that was out of the ordinary. It was like to them they they were just like well we wanted to be dancers and we became dancers. So if you want to be an actor, you can just be an actor. Like you figure it out. You know, like kind of find out where you need to go. And and it, it wasn't something. It was demystified. You know, it wasn't like. A, a crazy pipe dream. They they just were practical about it. And my mother especially would bring me to, to all the different auditions and sets and everything. So, um, yeah, it, I think it was their tactic and their, their approach that helped much more than their connections. 
Nice. So basically, yeah. it was like, okay, this is something that you want to do. We'll all go and figure out how this all works together. And it kind of gave you the groundworks to really go out there and figure out, oh, look, there's additions in the area. This is something that we could really do. Uh, was uh, taking lessons a huge part of that as a child? For sure. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's discipline. and and uh, But it was also in tandem with with being a, an actor on, on set because you learn so much just being on set. And um, <laughs> I hesitate to say, but like back then they had a little more time. Uh, now, oh. now, you know, sets are, are pretty high, high speed and high pace. And, uh, but back then, like, you know, I could, I could ask questions and I could learn about different things. And for a while I thought maybe directing would be what I wanted to do. But um, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of pulled towards directing or screenwriting and for, for whatever reason I just I felt like the need to write and so I just started writing and that was my my introduction to like behind the scenes um and I think yeah I think that 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 transition just had to be organic you know it wasn't like I made the decision I just kind of felt okay it's, I need to write there's some things I need to write down now I just need to sit and write and get these ideas on paper and and so yeah I'm not ruling out directing ever in the future but I just, uh, anyway, all that to say, I think like it needs to be, it needs to be something that you feel pulled towards, you know, not, not like, uh, this is practical because there's, there's so much work to be done. Um, you know, it, it's such hard work that if it's not something that's extremely passionate, that you're passionate about, it can be, it can be tedious and the hours can be long. And, and so it, it becomes like crucial that you, that you have this passion for, for what you're doing. Um, I know I went on a tangent there. I just, I just felt uh, inspired. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So when you kind of talk about passion, what, what, what kind of went into the passion? Is that relating to the people on the cruise set? Is that going out there and making the finalized product? What really drove the passion behind uh, your screenwriting and your acting and everything? Yeah, well, it, I guess the are two different... It, it's all about storytelling. And I think um, that whether that's you know, building a brand or if that's writing a script or that's like acting and directing, it's like, what story do you want to tell? Like, and, and why do you want to tell it? And that creative, that creative process, like for me, just to, just to tackle screenwriting, the passion for screenwriting, it's like problem solving, right? So you're, you're yeah. solving problems for the characters. You're solving problems for the audience and, and even then, even in the minute details, you're solving problems like, you know, how, what, what would he say? How, how do we make this funny? And it's, it's, that's that like steady drip of, of, uh, adrenaline and dopamine you get from, pro from problem solving from, so I think with it's those eureka moments for screenwriting, it's like, Oh, I got it. Like when I say yeah. I got it, like I want to call all my friends, call my, call my family and just tell them all about this scene that they don't want to hear about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's like that, that feeling. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then for acting, it's, it's really like the, uh, implementing of it. Like it's, it's, it's that rush of being on, on set and hearing rolling. And that's like more of the adrenaline and okay, now we're doing it. Like this is a take. This is everybody's on their a game. Everybody's focused. Everyone's paying attention. We need to get it right. Uh, there's only a certain amount of time in the day. There's like, that's that like pressure and that, the stakes are high, almost like an athlete kind of thing. I, that's the part I like about about the acting and the performance aspect of it. Awesome. So when you kind of think about like the high performance stakes, about really going out there and making the take right and everything and getting the screenwriting all done and everything, uh, do you think that you had a lot of pressure growing up or was that kind of uh, self-inflicted motivation instead where you were pushing <laughs> yourself most of the time instead? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I'm still trying to figure that out with my therapist. No, <laughs> no I think it's it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. Like, um, my my mom was always like, you know, if you commit to something, then finish it. Um, and then once I finished it, it was my decision if I if I kept going, you know. Um, but then I would also put a lot of pressure on myself, which is something I had to learn to, you know, as as I got into my thirties and, and became a dad and had to learn balance that it's not just about your career and just about, um, 
performing um, that I kind of learned to like, you know, take breaks and you don't always have to say yes to everything. Um, you know, there's this kind of, in all industries, but in my, in mine in particular, there's, um, there's like a sense of scarcity and like, Oh, if you, you know, if you say no to this, then, you know, then you'll be passed up and there's someone else willing to do it. And, you know, you like, so, you know, but really like learning to say no, or even just learning to like read that email again and decide if you want to do it or not. Like, really, do you think that's going to serve you? That, that has made a huge positive impact and like has relieved some of the pressure that, that I, that is self-inflicted anyway. Yeah, I can see a lot of that changing, especially when uh, going through the development of a family and everything and how that could kind of change your perspective and move your priorities around. Um, With that said, I know that a lot of the things that you've been doing is um, being very active on like platforms like Instagram and everything like that. And you build up a pretty uh, big following of over 30,000 people. Uh, What do you think kind of... uh, led to your journey to go out there and build Instagram? Was it because everything, everyone else was doing it? Was it because uh, it was kind of like the way that the industry was moving where people would recognize how big of a following you had? Like, what kind of drove your um, digital efforts? Yeah, that's a great question. It, and it, it is a little bit of, of, of all of those things. I, I kind of neglected it at first when it came out. I went, oh, you know, that's fun. It's a cool picture. And I didn't really think too much of it. Um, and then, you know, I would hear from other actors, like, you know, Instagram is big and casting sometimes is looking at it. And and I said, Oh yeah, okay. I guess I should pay attention to that. And then, and then I resisted it a little bit. I said, well, you know, it shouldn't really be, you know, that big of a thing. And I had like my rebellious phase. And then when I really got into it, like the engagement with other people is what just got me hooked on it. I was like, Oh, this is fun. Like I can, I can find other um, because voice acting in particular is so, um, it can be isolating because it's just you in the booth, right? Even when you go to work, you say hi briefly, and then you go into the booth for hours, and then you get to say bye briefly, and then you're home, right? So there's, it's, it's pretty, um, and now, especially now, with everybody working from home, but, uh, but yeah, on Instagram, it was like I could find lots of other voice actors or, and lots of other actors or screenwriters. You can just kind of plug into any community and really engage and, and have conversations and, and network. And so I was like, this is, this is a tool. This is fun. It's actually fun to do. Um, and I just really got into it. I just, uh, yeah, it's fun. Awesome. And it kind of seems like that you've created like a set of like a fandom or something like what you could say with your 33,000 followers and everything where they're keeping engaged with what you're doing. They're kind of interested in all the things that are happening. Um, what, what would you say goes into the meaning behind creating a fandom like that as an actor and an influencer? Well, I think um, like practically from a, from a business sense, you, you kind of, you're letting people, like you're letting productions know and brands know that you have, you have a built in following. You have, you have, you know, people that are engaged and that you engage with, uh, but it's not just a one way either. Um, so, I mean, that, that's, that's attractive to, to your potential employers, um, or partners. Um, yeah. And, and, it also empowers you um, as an artist because a lot of artists and actors and performers, um, even athletes, I would say, you know, sometimes studios or production companies or whatever will, they may say, you know, there's nothing tangible. They'll say, oh, they were great in that last movie, but does anybody, is anybody still paying attention or, you know, there, there can be, it's objective. Whereas with Instagram and with, social media platforms there there's concrete metrics and those metrics can empower uh, artists and creators and entrepreneurs to to have something to show and say no i really do have you know we have this following and and these people are interested and you know it's it's something tangible that that doesn't leave it's not fleeting you know 
Yeah, I can see that. Like, it's one thing to kind of be on a popular video game like Assassin's Creed, where like millions and millions and millions of people hear your voice but don't actually know exactly who you are because you're a voice actor in a video game, as opposed to kind of like building out a following on like an Instagram where people are getting engaged and really seeing exactly who you are. Uh, what kind of content are you really bringing to Instagram that, do you, that you think is really building out that fandom and kind of creating that uh, loyal fan base where a lot of people are seeing who you are and kind of joining you on your journey? Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's because like from the isolation that you feel as a voice actor, I think there was like this need to be like, to like, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it's almost like you want to hang out with people. You want to be like, hey, uh, I do this. Does anybody else do this? Does anybody else like, you know, either think this is cool or would they want to do this? And do they actually do this? And, you know, so I think it just came out of the, the human need to share. You know, you want to like bring people along with what you're doing, especially if you like it. Like I love voice acting, but I'm always doing it by myself. And, and then nobody knows I did it and it's just my voice. So they don't see me. So yeah, I just wanted to like, I legit just wanted to bring everybody along and like, I enjoy being in the booth. It's like one of my favorite places. Um, yeah. Cause you can focus. It's, it's such a, it's such a, you know, pure focus just on the voice as opposed to yeah, acting is, is its own craft as well. But you're, you're, you're worried about hitting the mark. You're worried about your lighting. You're worried about your wardrobe. There's a lot of other things to worry about. Whereas voice acting is like, it's so, it's so razor sharp specific on, uh, and what you need to deliver. So I like that. Uh, I like that, that kind of um, having to be so specific like that. Yeah. Do you think you kind of bring that specificness to you, to your social platforms and everything? So people really kind of get a sense of what you kind of do and uh, the real world with your um, acting career and whatnot, and kind of bring that to Instagram to shed light on it. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, I had to be reined in a few times cause I, I'm always like, I'm always like, I want to share my dog and, and my food and my this. And like, there's, there's such thing as oversharing too, I think, like where people don't even know what the, like if they're following you, but they don't know like what for kind of thing. It's, it's everything. And, uh, so I, I, that I did make a conscious effort to get a little more specific. Like, okay, I want to share, uh, you know, like my voice acting and some screenwriting stuff and some family stuff, but not like, Oh, I saw a cool car and I want to share that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you do need some kind of direction in uh in the social media sphere yeah definitely well it's about time for us to hop off to a commercial break where can people find you online oh uh yeah thanks it's um on instagram it's at it's todd Fennell, and facebook it's at todd Fennell, and twitter as well at todd Fennell. okay perfect and we'll be back after this commercial break Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get Amplified. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well... 
we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim here with uh, Todd Fennell. And we've been talking a lot about kind of how Todd got into the industry that he's in currently and a lot of the things that have been growing for him. And uh, a lot of the changes or a lot of the uh, things that have kind of developed out of his voice and acting career and going and screenwriting as well and uh, growing that influence digitally online. And um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Todd, is um, you've kind of built a pretty big influence. Um, how have you gone about growing that as an actor? Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I, uh, I just, like, I, I love being on the platform and I love connecting with other people that have the same interests and or that are interested in the same things that, that uh, I'm passionate about. So I, I just, I, I make a conscious effort to like really engage uh, in their content as well. Um, and to make it like a two way, it's always a two way conversation as, as I mean as much as possible. Um, Cause you know, like I'm not doing the rock Johnson with 200 million followers. So I can, I can afford to do that right now. I can like um, reply and engage in their content and uh, I just try to post things that, that like, I'm genuinely passionate about because I just, and then you kind of influence grows uh, organically that way because you attract the people that are attracted to what you like and, and uh, yeah. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people are missing when they kind of go out there and kind of build their digital engagement is they try to have it be a one-way stream, kind of like the Dwayne The Rock Johnson where he's going out there and posting things, but um, with his limited time, isn't really engaging too much with other people. But on the other hand, when you have to go out there and you're not uh, a claim movie star with like millions and millions of fans who are actually seeing you and following you, especially in the voice acting acting and screenwriting world that you kind of have to go out there and engage with people. But a lot of people don't really kind of take that movement and decide to turn it into like a two way street. What was kind of like the drive behind that for you? Um, I think like I, I read some books on, on advertising and, and, uh, and on, you know, some just being an actor, some like psychological principles too, that, you know, we we are exposed to so much advertising all day every day that we tune out so much stuff like and and just think about like if you're at a dinner party and someone's like that that person who's just talking and talking and talking and refuses to listen to anything you have to say like it's not long before everyone just kind of hovers away from that person <laughs> they're standing by themselves it's like nobody just wants to be broadcaster nobody just wants to be you know bombarded with uh, content without interaction. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what, what I was, what I'm thinking, um, with that strategy, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And to kind of go out there and build a following of over like 30,000 people, it's not a small fee. And it seems like it, it usually doesn't happen overnight for a lot of people. How much time and effort do you think really uh, was put into kind of growing uh, out your Instagram to that far? Um, yeah, it's been, it's been uh, I guess, I want to say like nine or 10, 10 months, no, maybe a year, about, about over a year. I've been really, really active on it. Um, and I, I try to, uh, also we try to post like every, like keep regular, like regularity. And that's like as much for me as it is for, for my audience is that like, um, 
it's too easy to like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll skip, you know, I'll skip today or I'll skip this month or I'll skip this week. And then, and then it, that turns into two weeks and you're like, oh, where, where is all, where is everybody? And you kind of like, so yeah. it's, it's just, uh, that's one of the main things. Um, and to, to like keep it enjoyable too is, is really important, you know, to, like I said, post things that you like really enjoy as well. Otherwise it gets like, oh, I got to post this thing again that is like, no, I, I like posting. So yeah. I'm sorry. I hope that yeah. answers your question <laughs> again. I, yeah. yeah, it does. No worries. And I, I mean, one thing is for the studios to recognize your audience as you kind of recognize and explained earlier. Um, the other side is using that Instagram to go out there and do some of the things that you love and enjoy. Are there some things that you love and enjoy that you're working on now that you're kind of developing out where that um, audience could really kind of uh, see the things that you're working on? Uh, yeah, I, actually, I'm, uh, I'm really excited because I'm, I'm uh, blending uh, my voice acting and my, my passion for the entertainment industry and um, and my social media all kind of together and I'm launching a podcast, uh, next month. Um, and it's called the big pictures podcast. Um, oh, and cool. we're, we're aiming at, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Um, we're aiming at like helping artists and creators, uh, navigate the, the entertainment industry and, and, uh, brand partnerships and, and that kind of space. And, kind of like charting out how the landscape has changed over the last few years and, and where we are now. Um, as well as talking about, you know, the craft, like people passionate about their craft and, and talking about getting into the zone and, and that, that feeling you get, you know, when you're, when you're truly immersed in, in a creative endeavor. Uh, we want to try to interview uh, different people and from different, different, um, parts of the industry, like screenwriters and directors and actors and influencers. And so, uh, yeah, it's called the big pic, uh, big pictures. And we're, we always want to try to zoom out and see the big picture. Cause we get, we can all tend to get caught up in the details. So, yeah. So basically you're taking that community that you've kind of built all throughout your acting career and combining it all together where you could have a platform where you're helping some um, new actor or screenwriter who's kind of looking into getting into the field to really figure out and understand how the industry works, how it's changed as time has gone by, and some tips to really help them out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and tips to stay the course. Cause it is, it is, uh, you know, a tough, tough industry and there is a lot of rejection. And so there's like ways to stay the course and to, to have perseverance and to be creative and think outside the box and your pitching and your writing and, you know, so yeah, yeah, we hope to, hope to help and, and learn while I'm doing it too. Cause I want to interview people that, uh, I admire and that I aspire to, to be like so i want to learn along the way help teach and learn at the same time it's a win-win <laughs> yeah that's kind of awesome like a lot of people you even make the assumption that once they break into an industry they want to kind of keep the secrets to themselves and they can kind of land more things on their own but it seems that you have a more collaborative approach where you want to go and help people and go and learn and kind of go more on that journey. Do you think those kinds of philosophies were like driven at home by your parents? Was it something that you kind of picked up as time has gone by or what kind of really shaped that out for you? Maybe parenthood had something to do with it. Absolutely. Par parenthood was a big shift for me where it was like, you know, we have to help. We have to help people that are having a hard time or that are learning and like just being able to teach. Um, also like just experiment, like living through experience. Like every time I, I had employed that, like kind of thinking from a, a sense of lack and scarcity, like, Oh, there's not enough work to go around. And there's personally, just when I think that way, I'm, I'm less happy. First of all, <laughs> like you're always on guard and you're, you're not, you're not, uh, as, as happy. And so when you're coming from a place of, of there's enough work for everyone, let's just help everybody, you know, help everyone get to where they need to be. Um, the market's big enough for everyone's different personalities and for everyone's different unique traits, uh, that there's, there's space for everyone. So why don't we just help everyone get as good as they can be? Um, 
and I, also from acting, I learned that like you go up against four other actors and everyone's just as good, but they're looking for a specific thing. They pick who matches their vision and it's nothing personal. It's just about, you know, they were looking for that and you weren't that. So it's not like about not being good enough or there's not enough to go around. It's just, you know, we, that's the beauty of, of, of having an economy this large and have, like being able to be yourself and find a niche and find a place um, for your unique skill set, your unique talents to shine. And yeah, we should just all try to help each other do that. I think. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of crazy, especially since a lot of the stuff that you work on is built primarily for an American audience and the economy is so big that you're receiving work without even being inside of the United States itself. <laughs> Yeah, that's how big it is. Exactly. Like, we don't even have to be in the country and still working on, on American projects. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think is the most exciting project that you worked on thus far? Oh, wow. That's, oh, that's hard to say. Uh, like, I have this script that I'm, that I'm writing. <laughs> that's like my, uh, that I, I just need to get, I, I need it to be a TV show. And, and I think that's the one personally that, that I'm uh, the most excited about. It's, um, I mean, I don't want to bore you to death, but it's, uh, it's basically like, uh, like the office meets SpaceX. So it's kind of like, uh, an office, an office comedy, workplace comedy, but based on like the ins and outs of planning a mission to Jupiter. So, uh, I'm a huge space buff, very passionate yeah. about space and comedy. And I'm trying to blend those two together. And, uh, and I've done rewrite after rewrite and I keep adapting it. It's one of those things like on the, on the, on the shelf that keeps coming back out. And, uh, I do think there will be a place for it eventually. Yeah, I think especially nowadays, um, you're not limited to just the simple, ABC, NBC, Fox, and the limited networks that existed to really get a TV show up and out there. Now there's platforms like Hulu, Netflix, and all these other places, and even smaller networks. So the opportunity of it actually coming to life just becomes a lot greater because there's so many different platforms. And, I mean, Netflix has um, announced that they're going to launch a new movie every single week, and for something that didn't even exist like uh, around a decade ago. It's kind of crazy how they're able to produce so much new content. Yeah, the, the content, like the streaming, the st I don't want to say streaming wars, but yeah, the, the streaming, like uh, how, many, how many new streaming platforms there are and, and the, the amount of, the sheer amount of content that they're creating is exciting. It's so exciting for, for creatives and, and screenwriters and actors and, and everyone, everyone in that, in that industry. Um, there's more opportunity and there's, uh, yeah, like smaller platforms and smaller networks can, can pick up stuff that, like you said, the big five before wouldn't be able to, um, to purchase. So it is, it is very exciting and, uh, it, it just opens doors and, and possibilities, you know? Have you done a lot of uh, research on like what it takes to kind of bring a TV show to fruition from a screen uh, from a screenwriting uh, perspective? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning through experience, and I'm I'm very fortunate to have uh, some friends that are that are producers and showrunners uh, to give me advice um, on you know on content, on how to pitch, on who to pitch to, and um, trying to get into the room and stuff. So I'm, I'm very lucky, uh, to have had that really good advice. And, uh, it's advice like that, that I, I want to share too, that I, you want to, you want to get out there to everyone. So yeah, that's what we're trying to do with the podcast as well. <laughs> cool. So you're kind of using that podcast to repurpose all the things that you've kind of learned along the way. So you can help others kind of fulfill their journeys, uh, that they want to go out there and accomplish as well. Like, I know for myself, coming from Los Angeles, we're, like, in the hub of, like, the Entertainment Central where a lot of people are really trying to break into the industry. Absolutely, yeah. 
Well, that's one of the things I love about when I do go to Los Angeles. It's that here, if I'm at if I'm at a Starbucks and I'm writing, I know like probably nine times out of ten, I'm the only person writing a script in that Starbucks. But if I go to LA, it's like I'm everyone else is doing that. <laughs> like you can just lean over and hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm writing a screenplay. Like, <laughs> that's what everybody's doing. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's nice. It, it feels like it's. It, like it, it makes it feel like it's possible. Like, um, and it's nice to be around people that think it's possible and that, that will support your, your vision and your dream. And I, oh, that's so one thing I just want to touch on real quick, if that's all right with you, it's just sure. for people that don't live, cause I know we're all, a lot of us are working remotely right now. And like people that don't live in the, in an entertainment hub like Los Angeles, um, one of the things when people are starting out that's really important is to be very selective as to who you share your ideas with when they're in their infancy. So like when you just come up with something, um, if you're surrounded by creative people, by all means, like share, 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 share. But there are times when you don't want to um, open yourself up to negative criticism at the very beginning because it's too early and it may just uh, impede your, your progress. It's important to like protect that until it's until there's some momentum on it and then share it, you know? Um, I don't know why I felt compelled to say that. I just, <laughs> I just did. <laughs> well, it makes a lot of sense because like when an idea is premature, it's easy to get it shot down and that really demotivates a person and kind of kicks them down. So then they don't want to go and proceed with exactly what they're doing and they could kind of get themselves out the game. So I can understand why you're kind of bringing that to the table. Um, it's about time for us to go to, down to another commercial break. Uh, where could people find you online again, Todd? Oh, yeah. Uh, on Instagram, it's at It's Todd Fennell. And on Twitter, at Todd Fennell. And Facebook, at Todd Fennell. Perfect. And we'll be back after this commercial break. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influence channel sustainable success is just around the corner if you are an entrepreneur business leader or anybody looking for their next level of success tune into sustainable success with host chris salem did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago the path you started on then determines what is happening now Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. 
Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here with Todd Finnell. We've been talking about a lot of different things, such as uh, Todd's upcoming podcast, Big Pictures, and a lot, a lot of the things that he's kind of done to go out and build a following, uh, get engagement, kind of go through that screenwriting process, uh, pick up gigs as a voice actor, and um, a lot of the things that have kind of came from this is what Todd's kind of been able to do is build a cohesive personal brand and story behind acting, screenwriting, voiceover, podcasting, and all these other things that he's been doing. Um, Todd, would you kind of uh, uh, would you kind of be able to take a moment to share like how you're able to wrap up all your interests into a cohesive personal brand and story? Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, so it, it was, it was difficult at first because I, I had a lot of different passions in what seemed like different, um, areas, you know, different, uh, I'm, I was an actor, I did voice acting for advertising and then I did voice acting for, and motion capture for video games and as a screenwriter. And I was kind of like, well, what, you know, what do you want people to know, like know you as, um, and I, I kind of decided like, well, like it's okay a bit of everything, but you, you kind of need to like hone in on the things you really, you really want to share. So, so the screenwriting, uh, I, I, like I decided, um, for screenwriting, I wanted to share, um, you know, like advice, like how, like what I've learned from people that are, that I know in the industry. Um, and then for voice acting, I wanted to share, the experience of it because it's something that doesn't get seen obviously because it's voice acting and it's so it's so uh, it can be isolating so I was like I want to share I want to share those like what it's like to be in the booth it's something that not a lot of people get to experience it's not something where we have like audience members sit in like a TV show or so I wanted to kind of bring people into that experience um, and then things that are things that are like that I'm passionate about and, and, and my heart so um, you know, my, my family, I wanted to share like the, the best moments and the good moments and, and, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of bring those things all together and, and then engage with people that shared the same, the same kind of, uh, passions creatively, like, like screenwriting and, and voice acting. And, um, those, those two, um, fields just happen to be very unique and niche, um, with not a lot of crossover, but, but sometimes there is. Um, and so those two communities are kind of already, already built. And we, we go through, I think just like every, every community online and, and in, in real life, there's a, there's an instant bond that's created over shared, not only, uh, shared passion, but shared obstacles as well. We all go through the same, um, you know, hurdles and problems in our careers that we need to overcome in, in whichever ways. And so that creates a sense of community as well. So that can be hard sometimes on, on Instagram because it's, it's very positive. It's uh, Instagram's platform is, is conducive to like, you know, you share the best moments, but I think it's important to also be out there and say, you know, like we, we all go through this, these things together. Um, I get a lot of like DMS from other voice actors, like, on, on things like rejection and how to handle rejection and how to, how to keep moving forward and what do I do about representation. And I think things like that, we, you know, when we share, when we share our, not only our victories, but our struggles, um, that creates a strong sense of community and, 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 uh, and relationships with your audience. Yeah, I can definitely see that too. Um, one of the things that you kind of mentioned is going out there and sharing like the struggles and the hardships and everything, um, especially being in the pandemic right now. Um, I know for voice, it's something that you could kind of do at home and everything, but has work kind of changed? Has there like been less work on the market for exactly what you're doing? Has there been more work? Has it been an industry that's not really been affected by the pandemic? Uh, well, the, the voice work is the one thing that I'm very thankful for that I, I could do at home. And I, I built myself a, a little, uh, sound, I built myself a sound booth over my desk and it's a dampening chamber as well as filters out some sound and I've got a good setup there so I can work from home, which is, that's amazing. Um, and I'm just, I'm just very grateful that I have that. Um, but 
on the other side, like, uh, yes, on-screen acting has, has really, really slowed down, just the, the sheer amount of auditions and, and projects that are shooting, and then sometimes they'll open up, but then, you know, with, with new restrictions come in and it shuts down again, so that's, it's very fickle right now. Um, and then the video game industry, we were doing voice for a while, um, sometimes from home, sometimes in studio, and then motion capture gets very tricky because now you're dealing with like multiple actors at the same time. And so sometimes like it's down video game acting is also, has also been, uh, you know, been hit hard with with all this. Um, so yeah, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, there, there, there is still work, just not at the, not at the level that there was before, but I'm I'm confident that a bounce back. Yeah, yeah. I'm confident the the bounce back is going to be huge once this is all over. It's hard. I know it. It, it almost feels like re- an act of rebellion to mention when this is all over, but it will end. Uh, and we do have a vaccine, and we're on our. We all we are on our way out of this. It's just uh, it's just taking a really long time. And I think once this is over, it'll be like like the 1920s with with after the pandemic of the the Spanish flu. I think it'll people will just have a new appreciation of the simple things and going out to eat with friends and, and partying and, and being able to connect again. But I think it's just going to be great for, for all industries, um, you know, all over the place. People are just going to be eager to get back to work. So, yeah, I yeah. can definitely see that. And I think it's been a big struggle for a lot of people, especially uh, the uh, inability to kind of go out and do all the things that we used to do. I know for in the TV world, like I was watching a TV show. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not, but it's called The Blacklist. And for their season finale, that kind of happened like around the time when the pandemic and everything was starting up. And they took huge precautions for rolling out their very last episode where um, they weren't going out there and um, meeting face-to-face for every single event and every single scene. So they kind of half-digitized it and turned it into a bit of an animation to kind of fulfill that role to uh, that void of being able to meet in person. And I thought that was a pretty creative approach to kind of get that timeline and deliverable out there to uh, have a popular TV show still uh, be on the market, but also at the same time um, cater to the different needs of the pandemic. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that, that really is. And it's just a testament to like how creative people can be under adversity. You know, it's like the show must go on. <laughs> but saying is true. We have to do this, you know? Yeah. Have you seen any like moments like that in your, in any of the career uh, aspects that you're doing where you've seen people kind of like jumping out and doing things creative to really go and stand out? Um, yeah, there's been a few commercials, uh, there's been a few ads. Um, I'm trying to think. I was watching the NHL last night, and it hit me that they have that that soundboard to to replicate the um, the effect of the crowd cheering. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like that is that is so surreal, but it <laughs> does affect how the players play, and it affects how you feel at home. And it it's really like it's not nothing. It that that's there for a reason. You know, it makes you feel a certain way. So yeah. Um, I've seen some movie too, some movie pitches like over zoom. Uh, I forget the name of the movie, but there was a movie where the, the entire thing was a video call. It was a horror movie and the whole thing was, was a video call. I thought that was incredible. It's a great idea. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how creative people are getting. And I, I definitely understand what you're saying about the feel, especially being at a sporting event. Like you have crowds cheering or if you're the New York Knicks, you have people booing at you. <laughs> So having the uh, voiceover uh, and the sounds in the background could really go and emphasize and change how people play. Like I've seen like the um, LA Kings go in the practice round where they're at their practice stadium and, you know, there's really not much noise going on or anything. And then you go to a live event over at the Staples Center and you have the crowd cheering and everything. And how much impact that kind of has for, especially like any type of event, and how that could change the moods of the people who are playing and everything. 
oh, 100%. Like, we're, we're human beings. Like, the, the music and, the, and those, those, those sounds, it, it, they affect us, like, on a physical, emotional level. And like, I, from my, for myself, I can speak from a voice acting perspective. Like, when we do, let's say we do a commercial, a radio commercial or, or a, a TV commercial, if, if we do a cold read of it, you know, they'll tell me, like, read it happy, read it, you know, read it in a warm voice, read it like this, read it like that. So, and I'll do it, but without the music, like, if there's going to be music, when they play the music in the background when you record the voice, like, I can't emulate that without the music. Like, the, that music affects the read in a way that, like, you couldn't replicate without the music. It, it, it's, it's weird. It's so weird. And, like, we all know it. It's just a given. It's like, oh, let's, let's put the music on. Put the music on in the background and changes the whole read. So, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And from someone who's not within that industry, you, you would make the assumption that you're able to read it the same way both ways, but I can definitely see how the music could kind of change what the end product comes out as. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes in production, they don't have the end time, the end music yet, but they'll, they'll, even then, they'll get something that's similar to what they're going to use for the actor during the read. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, in regards to everything that we discussed, uh, do you have any like top three tips that you wanted to share with the audience before we close out the show? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess number one would be never, never to take rejection personally because either you, A, you haven't found your audience or uh, B, you know, the, the, your, whatever you're pitching just needs a little tweak. It's not, it's not nothing to take personal. Um, and then uh, the second one was just listen. We need to do more listening. Like just everyone in general needs to listen. We all need to listen more to each other. Um, and that works in business too. If you're not listening, um, you're not hearing your audience. You're not hearing your employers. You're not hearing your partners, you're not hearing what they need and what, you, and then you're not knowing what you can give them. So just to listen more. Um, and I guess the third tip would be to find what you're passionate about. Um, and if you're not doing what you're passionate about, find something within what you're doing that you love to do and, and start doing that more. Just awesome. find that passion and chase it. Yeah, and uh, those are three great tips uh, to share with our audience and everything. And I hope a lot of people could really go out there and make sure to not take rejection personally, to go out there and find something that they're passionate about and kind of do all the things that you mentioned. And um, in regards to everything, I, I think what you're doing, uh, especially with your big pictures and the podcasts that you have coming out, is something that's really going to be able to help the community a lot. Maybe some people could go out there and connect with you on Instagram or to your website and see more of what you're doing and get more tips on how to go out there and do a lot of the work that you've done. And maybe some people who've already played like Assassin's Creed and some other things that you've been in kind of could recognize your voice and say, hey, that's someone I've actually heard before. Um, where could people find you online again so they could go and connect with you, Todd? Oh, thanks. Uh, on Instagram, uh, it's Todd Fennell. Uh, on Twitter, Todd Fennell. And Facebook, Todd Fennell. And also Perfect. on IMDb. I'm on IMDb, too, if you just type it in there. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I wanted to thank you so much for being on the show with us today, Todd, and sharing all of these great insights with everyone. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.